0: It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, October 25th. Your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is heading up to Lehigh Valley today.
1: Yes, we are. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at @r_miriam. I'm here with the lovely Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at Gmail. We do mailbags every week, so send in your questions now. On today's show, we're going to get caught up on a little bit of Flyers and NHL news and then head up to Lehigh Valley with a Phantoms update from all the action this past weekend and check in on our prospects there as well. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe and watch us over there as well. Russ, I think the, the biggest concern that I had today was an update on James Van Riemsdyk, and we have not received that as of yet. No. But it seems like, based on what happened, that he could be out You know, maybe for a week or two at least if he broke a finger.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably what happened, and I would say a few weeks for sure. So now, um, again, with what happened the other day, it wouldn't shock me if Torts um, calls up like Ronnie Adder and Nick Sealer plays forward. Like, it wouldn't <laughs> shock me at all if this happens. This is what's in my head. And I have to say it because of what Torts seems to be enjoying as far as the play. So that's what I think might happen.
0: Listen, if you are right about this, I will buy you a beverage of your choice (laughs) because uh, while I do think it is in the realm of possibility, knowing what we've seen in the past, I do not think it's that likely, uh, especially given that there are plenty of forwards that could be called up, you know, a couple of whom have spent some time on the flyers already so far. They could call Lixell up. You know i think they could call uh hayden hodgson up but he's I panned
1: think- them all that's the problem he's panned Lixil. he's panned hodgson he's panned kates so i would think he might call up somebody new if they got a glowing report but like i don't know if anybody's at at his standard that's my whole thinking in my head this is not what i would do i'm just going by what his standard might be at right now and it I think he's making it ridiculously high to make a point. So now that's why I say that.
0: I mean, that's fair. I think it's a good assessment of what we've seen so far from Tortorella as far as usage and, you know, the fourth line kind of players. But I I also think there comes a point where, you know, you have to look beyond that and you run out of those options. And Mm -hmm. unless he's willing to call up, You know, and Isaac Radcliffe, who we'll get to in the phantom section. I don't think he's done anything to deserve the call up. Like, I just don't think anybody on the phantoms has done anything significant enough to deserve that call up other than the guys we've already seen. Now, there's some guys that are playing well, but they're just not ready. Like, Like, you know, like an Elliot Denoyer is not ready. And
1: you're making my case for me.
0: Well, but no, I'm not. I'm making my case here. <laughs> no, but
1: you don't realize you're you're making the Torts case because Torts is going to look at it in a similar fashion and say, I just sent these guys down. It's only been like a week and a half.
0: No, no, no. I think there are guys who he sent down who could be called back up. I just don't think there's anybody who we have not seen yet on the flyers okay. who deserves the call.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: So I don't know, man, we'll see what happens here, but perfectly willing to give you a beverage of your choice.
1: Okay. I'll hold on to that thought.
0: All right. Uh, I think, you know, one of the things that we talked about a lot last season relative to the Flyers defense was the playing time of one Keith Yandle and the need to keep that streak going. We also talked about the fact that it would probably be overtaken pretty soon. And sure enough, that happened last night with Phil Kessel, who tied Yandel's streak last night and will break it ostensibly in the next game.
1: Yeah, he's going to, you know, the, the tie comes in Montreal, uh, Montreal in Toronto, who he played for, so that's that's nice for him to experience with the Toronto media. Now, what Kessel sets as a streak will last for a while. And, and, and granted, he's not having the greatest start to his year, but uh, there's more likelihood that he's going to get to play a certain amount of games just because he's needed in the lineup, not because he has to get the streak. Uh, we have to admit, a year later, this looks even worse You know, for Chuck, Chuck Fletcher making this whole deal with Keith Yandel because it just you know didn't age well.
0: No, it most certainly did not age well and we all saw the effects that it had last season that Yandel should have been sat much much sooner than he was. Now, is that the only thing that was wrong with last season? No. no. Can we can we pin all of it on that? No. But at the same time, it was part of a pattern of behavior and a, a pattern of you know, making choices for this organization that really did not pan out well for the team that you probably could have predicted with Yandel if, if you even watched him for his last season in Florida. I think it was pretty evident what was yeah. happening there with him.
1: Yeah, he was good for the first couple of weeks and then he just tailed off badly.
0: Yeah. So congratulations, Phil Kessel. I hope yep. you enjoy your uh, reign as the Iron Man of the NHL.
1: Have a hot dog. <laughs>
0: um, I, I did want to talk about just in general, following up on our conversation yesterday about the weekend games and kind of where we are so far a, a little bit. And, you know, I think that, we're trying to be positive and certainly there are a lot of things to be happy about so far this season. I feel like they've won a couple of games that maybe they shouldn't have, or we wouldn't have predicted that they would have. And it's good to see some positivity and some smiles and Mm -hmm. some scoring, you know, again, Travis connect was playing really well um, until the benching. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, that was a little bump in the road so far, but I I do want to, just also be realistic. And I think that's important for us to do as well. And if you kind of look at the underlying numbers of the team, it kind of reflects what we were scared of this season a little bit in terms of the numbers just aren't going to match up sometimes with the eye test here because this is not a very good team on paper or in Mm -hmm. actuality overall. And we know that, but I think, you know, again, trying to focus on the little things that are good while also being realistic. So we know what this team needs to work on.
1: Yeah. I mean, and part of the look, part of the problem with this team is still player availability. You know, again, it's nice to have good players, but if they're not in the lineup and available, it doesn't help the team. And it's not always, you know, sometimes it's nobody's fault. But at the end of the day, if you're one of those teams that just has a bunch of guys that are habitually hurt, it's hard. It's hard on the coach. It's hard on everybody. And right now, you know, the Flyers have a few of those guys.
0: Yeah. And like, that's nobody's fault, per se, you know? And so I I don't want to disparage the guys that are out there Mm -hmm. right now, but it certainly wasn't the plan thus far. And so when you when you look at things like you know the Flyers are third worst in the league so far in expected goals percentage, you know they're fourth worst in faceoff percentage, they're third worst in high danger chances for per sixty. I think that you know that just speaks to what Chuck Fletcher has done. It doesn't speak to the effort the fl- the players are putting in. It doesn't right. speak to what. John Tortorella is doing, you know. As much as we like criticize some of his tactics, I think you know he's he's working really hard to try try to make the best of of what we have here.
1: He is. I mean, he's a little limited in in what he has now. Sometimes he'll push it and and try and be um, further limited because it suits his purposes. And like he did last game, and he sometimes likes to play the injured um, card too that way. In other words, you know, hey, we're shorthanded, so now I get to play it this way uh, and have it both ways. He sometimes likes to do that. But, you know, in the end, we realize he doesn't have all the right personnel. Now, it should be up to him to kind of curtail it a little bit and and play to the strengths of what you have. We talked about that last year with Mike Yo, but Torres doesn't do that.
0: Well, I think that this is kind of where we end up of trying to be cautious and realistic, but also optimistic and look for the good points in what this mm-hmm. team is doing despite all these injuries. And And we'll continue to do that. and And part of that is talking about What could be the future of the team or even the present of the team if they get called up uh, like we were talking about earlier in the segment? And we will be talking about those very players in Lehigh Valley coming up after we talk about Athletic Greens.
1: I want to take a moment to talk to you about Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery and focus it costs you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy free or gluten free athletic greens contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good athletic Greens supports better sleep quality and recovery it also supports mental clarity and alertness right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop
0: The season is in full swing, and so is Locked On's Game to Game NHL. You get every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with the local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. You can follow Game to Game on the Locked On NHL channel. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, we had a similar split decision weekend for the Phantoms like we did for the Flyers. And uh, so Saturday against Cleveland, both games were against Cleveland, by the way, the Phantoms lost in overtime four to three on Sunday. They won five to four. So decently leveled scoring Mm matchups in both of these games. The lineups were pretty similar. For both games, although I really like what Lappy did on Sunday by putting Elliot Denoye and Tyson Forster on the same line. That was an adjustment um, from Saturday where Denoye center Garrett Wilson and Hayden Hodgson um and which that so doesn't they, make a
1: lot of sense honestly no
0: it doesn't and you could see the difference where yeah. Hodgson w- was moved up on the line with Cal O'Reilly and Ollie Lixle, which I think does make sense right? yes
1: yeah because then he's the guy that's sort of you know playing the tougher minutes there even though O'Reilly is tough too uh but at least with Denoye yeah you've you've got someone like Forster who you know Denoyer is um a good playmaker as well as a scorer and that's something exactly. where Forster. Yeah, and Forster hasn't really gotten off to a tremendous start or anything. So I think that's a good move. I'd like to see that move stay for a while because I've liked what DeNoye has done. Like, I like his stick work, his speeds look good, and his finish has been there. And again, though, what I have to see more of is his defensive play because we could talk about him. Even if he leads this team in scoring, if he's not playing well away from the puck, he's still not going get, to ever get to play to, for John Tortorella. That's just the, the cold, hard facts these days.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we'll get to more detail about some of these top prospects a little bit later, but I do think that, you know, how you set up these lineups is going to be very important for the player development. And so doing something like that and putting Denoye and Forrester together, hopefully that sticks for a little bit because I think that it'll help Tyson Forrester. Along the way, I think, and Elliot Denoye has already got the confidence that he needs. I think right now, so uh, and Garrett Wilson, I think, is a good compliment for anybody. I yes. gotta say, he he's in that a, league. A real he's good. Solid, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a real solid AHL level player who will yes. do what he's asked and and be pretty successful at it. So I like that. Um, I think that while it was a split decision for the Phantoms. They, they are having some struggle bus <laughs> moments oh, as yeah. well. Uh, I think that one of them, which is something we harped on a little bit last year was the penalty kill. Uh, it did have some good moments and they seem to be echoing the flyers, uh, block shot philosophy where like mm-hmm. the phantoms are blocking a, a lot of shots, but at the same time, you know, their penalty kill, like structurally needs a lot of work, uh, Cleveland was three for six on the power play on Sunday. Uh, One of those goals was allowed eight seconds into the power play. But then at the same time, they killed a six on four for over a minute with the Cleveland empty net at the end of the game. So and tons of black shots there, too. It was absolutely insane, but impressive nonetheless. But they need to be able to translate that into a standard penalty kill.
1: Right. I mean, I'm I'm okay with the block shots, but you know, sometimes when you're playing against higher skill guys, you know, they just sort of act like they're gonna shoot the guy goes down and then you go around them. You can't have like guys just dropping, and dropping, and dropping all the time either, just because of that. And that's where, you know, your active stick and the other thing takes place and your puck retrieval. And that's probably something they need to be better with is the puck retrieval.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge part of it as well. That sometimes they're just late to the puck, and uh, you know, obviously with Cleveland, it was very interesting to watch because, as we know, David Juracek, who we thought maybe oh, yeah. the Flyers would take, is on Cleveland. So it's interesting watching him play against the Phantoms, and he certainly had some real good moments over the weekend. But you know, the Phantoms were able to uh, battle against him as well. As yeah, he's a kid,
1: like- right? He's 18. Yeah, I mean.
0: Yeah, Zade Wisdom stole the puck away from him, which was just so great to see. Yeah, <laughs> the size differential. I think it was a lot of fun.
1: No, and that's what you know. That's the challenge for a guy like Eurocheck, but but it's good. It's good that the Flyers are playing right now. The AHL does have a lot of high talent guys, uh, especially Euros that are playing down there and not playing in the NHL. And I think Slavkovsky is eventually going to be down there too. So that's you know that's something where the Phantoms can get a real taste of just about NHL talent with that.
0: I think one of the other big things that the Phantoms need to work on is uh, shooting more. It's just basic. They were outshot 43 to 29 on Sunday. Oof. and. And the second period, especially in both games, I thought there was a big lull in energy and shot attempts. So on Saturday, they were outshot 14 to 8 in the second period and 19 to 8 on Sunday. 19 shots against in one period was not great.
1: You know, the, the one thing is, and again, this is sort of like the structure of the team now, when you do have more than the usual amount of sandpaper guys there has to be a few of them that can score now hodgson can score but he's not necessarily a big shooter He's a guy an around the neck guy so this is where you really have to look at roster construction and say yeah i understand you know torts is looking for these guys that can come up and down who are big and hard to play against and everything else but then you do need you know guys who actually can create and shot Mm -hmm. creators are, are hard to get in this league i mean you know, you look at so that, the, Fly, the Flyers get outshot every game, right?
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say, I want to give Hayden Hodgson credit because the, he had the first goal on Saturday and it was an absolute laser of a shot. Like it good. was a really good play. So yeah. Um, now Cleveland was distracted because Adam yinning uh, laid out a big hit on someone and everybody was kind of looking at that and okay. Hodgson just kind of like skated through and shot it right in uh but uh it's a I veteran think, move that's good yeah yeah you know you keep playing because there was no you play whistle. through the
1: wh- yeah if there's no whistle you keep playing
0: one of my other main observations from this weekend and i think this season so far is that on the defensive pairings they seem to be pretty consistent with um york and wiley paired adder mm-hmm. paired with canaughton and then Yinning paired with Hogberg. And I really like that. I think all of those pairs are pretty well balanced and I want that consistency, especially for cam York because his five on five play needs a little work. And so I think having a consistent D partner will be very helpful.
1: Yeah. I think that is good for cam. Um, He's playing. Okay. Uh, I think you're right though, in that we're not seeing the best of cam York. And that to me is a little problematic. So He's got to get on that. He's got to do better. You know, again, he might spend half a season down there trying to master that. But if they do set him up with a good partner, that could really um, help him along quicker.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Ronnie Adder had a pretty good day on Sunday. So I definitely want to talk about him and more about Cam York. And we will do that coming up next. Russ, uh, Ronnie Otterd man, he had a two goal game on Sunday, plus an assist. And uh, he almost had another goal on a breakaway shorthanded that got saved, but Max Willman picked up the rebound and and potted it. And I was just so impressed by his game. I think both days, but Sunday, especially. And I think, you know, we talked yesterday about the flyers defense and when they can activate and when they shouldn't. Yeah. And I think Adder is showing the signs of knowing when to do that and when not to.
1: Yeah, he looks good and and everything looks right on him. And I do think um uh, being down there, he's improving and and that's important. Although he looks like he could be the one of, one of the better guys for a call-up, but I'll push that aside for now. Um, but <laughs> I know you don't want to hear it. Um, But the thing is, he is playing great. And, And this is a good thing for him because I feel like he's playing in all the right situations that he wasn't really going to get with the Flyers. And, you know, even if it's just five, 10 games, whatever he gets until the next call up, it's valuable.
0: Yeah. And I really liked that Lappy put Adderd and Cam York out there on Saturday when they were down a goal and had an empty Mm -hmm. net. I think they need to be in these high pressure situations. That's part of what Cam York needs, especially in terms of figuring out how to get his game at a higher level is to be in those situations and to be responsible for the keeps, be responsible for puck distribution, because if Adderd is your shooter in this situation of of the two defensemen in a six on four, you want to have cam York there as the backstop.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, um, a key thing. Again, we, we need to see more out of York. He, um, he really needs to have an all-star season like he does. If he doesn't, Again, you don't want to. I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but like this is a new coach. He doesn't care about what's happened before. And you already went up there and sort of like didn't play up to his standard. So now to get to play to his standard, you're really going to have to push it and you're really going to have to shine. And, you know, just about, and is a really good guy. That should be pushing him as far mm-hmm. as, you know, for that call up. And I don't feel that out of Cam York yet.
0: Yeah, that is 100% true. And like I said, I think he really needs to focus on the five on five side of things. Yeah, he really knows how to run a power play. I'm not worried about that. I think it really is that five on five play. But I want to switch over to the forwards, and we talked a little bit about Tyson Forrester. I want to continue that because I I agree with you that I think he is not where he needs to be right now. He's got offensive flashes, and he scored a -a spinorama goal on Sunday that was really nice. And So absolutely giving him credit for that, and I think he is being put in high-pressure situations, which is a good thing but he really really needs to clean up his game. 3 penalties between the two games. That's
1: too many penalties.
0: Yeah, he was on the ice for the overtime goal against and he absolutely got beat on that one. Like I I would put it on him to some degree.
1: Yeah, I feel like he needs to work on that meat and potatoes part of his game. He he does have, you know, a lot of finesse. He's got a tremendous wrist shot. He, you know, he he can be a really good scorer, but I just feel like he's going to have to get some ugly, dirty goals in this league. Like there's just no way around it. You're not going to be able to score with the wrist shot all the time. You're not always going to have a prime shot. I mean, he'll get his shots on the power play, but if he's not going to score that way, he is going to have to get some goals, some other ways. And that's something where he really has never had to do. He's never really had to do that at any other level. And, you know, if he wants to be a 2025 goal guy in the NHL, he is going to have to figure that out.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Elliott Denoye, uh, unfortunately, his goal streak ended <laughs> after three games. But still, I think he played well, even though he did not score in that game on Sunday. And um, he had a, an off-ice interview with Bob Rotruck that I thought was really interesting. Um, apparently, he's super vocal on the bench. And he, he even though he's the new guy, he doesn't mind doing that. Um, and the fact that he had that three-game goal streak to open up the season really just kind of took the pressure off him. And so now he can play with a certain degree of looseness and freedom because he already has the confidence that he can score.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I'll tell you what outside people think of Elliot Denoye. They know he's got all of that offensive ability, but they're like, you know, he's not going to make it in the NHL unless he could have a two-way game, a decent two-way game. And so this is why he, he has to stay in the AHL for, really the whole year, and then you see where he's at next year because that's the part of his game. We know he's going to get points, right? He's going to be among the top scorers on this team. That's a given. It's the other stuff that has to really come through here, and that's where Lappy really has to come through here too.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think the teaching aspect of the AHL is super important with some of these guys. And and Elliot DeNoye is a prime example of that, is that you can see where he can be successful, but you know, he's gonna really be at a disadvantage if he's just gonna get beat by guys who are faster or who have better moves at the NHL level he, he needs to understand how to like protect the puck better again yeah. because of his size and I think that um it, it'll it, it'll take this season at least if not more right. uh, for him to, to make that adjustment but I think he's on the right path and I think that's important
1: Yeah, I mean, again, the AHL is a developmental league. Like, that is the whole point of the AHL. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's the focus. That has to be the focus for the Flyers.
0: Just want to put in a quick uh, kudos to Ali Lixell. Again, playing really solidly. He led the team in shots on Saturday. He had a move on uh, the whole Cleveland team. He basically dangled (laughs) through all of them in almost – uh, scored that tying goal with about two and a half minutes left and it was super impressive highly recommend if you can find that highlight you, you go watch it but uh, the Phantoms do have three games for the first time this season this weekend they're playing Friday uh, at home against Wilkes-Barre Scranton Saturday against Bridgeport and then Sunday they travel back to Hershey so tough weekend three different teams which is a little unusual I would that say is unusual for- for an AHL weekend. So, uh, looking forward to seeing how our guys progress.
1: Yeah, and look, even though they've gotten off to a decent start here, they're still down in the standings because their division's tough.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and we really need them to make the playoffs this year. And they, like, have really? they have to.
1: These guys need this experience. So, they can't <laughs> they like they can't they really can't, you know, have a bad weekend. They really can't.
0: Yeah, so we didn't get to goaltending, but we will next week, I promise, because there's some good stuff to talk about there as well. Uh, Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, going to go back to Elliot Denoye because his goal on Saturday, that was his third goal of the season, was absolutely wonderful. It was a sharp angle shot from just across the goal line and you could just see the thinking process if you look at this highlight of of his decision making to beat that goaltender and it is a lot of fun to watch
1: yeah his skill level's high I, i appreciate his skill level a lot
0: all right, that will do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow with our mailbag and any Flyers news. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology. S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.